0: There's something to be said about standing up for yourself. In theory, it sounds right, feels right, and it is the right thing to do. But actually doing it is a whole other story. The late and great RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, once said, quote, I think unconscious bias is one of the hardest things to get at, end quote. Word up, RBG. Word is born. Today's episode is titled, No, sir, we are not the same. One definition I found about unconscious biases, also known as implicit biases, says that they are the underlying attitudes and stereotypes that people unconsciously attribute to another person or group of people that affect how they understand and engage with the person or group. You may be wondering, what does standing up for yourself have to do with unconscious biases? Let's unpack this. Let's get real about how they in fact do relate, what you can do to inform others, Educate yourself, all while remaining authentically you. I'm Cece Harbour, and this is Inclusively Her. The Inclusively Her podcast supports a multi-generational community that empowers professional women by teaching them how to advocate for themselves in the workplace no fluff all good stuff to learn more about the community please visit inclusivelyher.com while you're there subscribe to the newsletter join the community and if you're so inclined to support financially you can buy me a coffee (laughs) links are in the show notes and shout out to my founding mothers those women who have provided monetary resources to support this endeavor. Thank you for believing in me. On to our show. Hey, everybody at CC. I wanted to take a beat and introduce myself again. You may have heard me introduce myself as Cynthia and then CC. Well, my friends call me CC and I'm extending a warm invitation for you to get to know me. I know you could be listening to a thousand other podcasts, and there are so many amazing ones out there. I listen to them as well, but as I get my footing with this, and I will, I want to say thank you sincerely for taking the time to hear me and spend time with me from my corner of the universe. The idea for this podcast isn't new. In fact, it predates the pandemic. I cleaned out a closet recently and came across some old magazines and a few pair of jeans that I'll never get into again, and I'm okay with that, but I also found my idea book from 2018. See, each year I buy a small journal and I write random thoughts or structured ones in it. If I'm lucky enough to be struck by inspiration, I write it down and then act upon it if I see a way forward. Well, As I'm always looking for ways to express myself creatively through my art, my art provides a way for me to get balance in my life. Otherwise, I am uber-focused on everybody else's project and needs and not my own. Anyway, in 2018, I wrote the words, Inclusively Her, and I have several lines extending from it. It's a brainstorm bubble. And written in bold letters, I have, I want to help light pathways for women. So I was pretty clear about my intentions. And then I have a few nodes that extend from the bubble. I have newsletter, give talks, book, and I have podcast. I remember a few years back, someone approached me after a talk I gave, and she said that she was the only woman for many years at this manufacturing plant, and that it was so very hard. As I listened to her, I saw clearly that my message resonated. The talk I just gave resonated with her. She could see how vulnerable I was being in my talk. And so she became vulnerable with me. So we wiped tears, hugged, and all I could think to say was, thank you. That I know it wasn't easy. And so many women are able to make that choice to be there because you were there. She's a light. She didn't need a specific platform or was looking for a pat on the back. She was just living her life and stepping into her good, what she deemed as a natural extension of who she is. Inclusively her isn't the perfunctory rah-rah talk I see so much of now. It's not us engaging in buzzwords because this is our lives. Before intersectionality was accepted and discussed in open forums, we've been talking about it for decades. So this conversation ain't new. In recent years, there's a discourse of us bringing our whole selves to the table, Let me tell you, many of us have tried over and over again, and it's been unwelcomed. And so we go along to get along. We shrink ourselves to fit instead of seeking true belonging. We tout the refrain of busyness to demonstrate our worth. And we unconsciously engage in scarcity practices and hope that others would see our value. I wonder how I would share this story, but I'm just going to tell my truth. I worked this project where there were multiple IT project managers you're putting up to a program manager. And while there were three of us, we were all responsible for different aspects of the program. We each had specific projects. And we all just happened to be women. Now, in order to have gotten this coveted position, there were specific criteria you had to meet. There was a specific certification you had to have and a level of expertise and experience. And I noticed that two of us had it, but one of us did not. So instead of fixating on that, I focused on the work in front of me. And so a little time passed and I noticed that my ideas and suggestions weren't being heard or they were met with very little enthusiasm. And one of the other PMs was experiencing quite the opposite. Many of her recommendations did not take company policy or even best practices into consideration. And I knew based upon my experience that they wouldn't scale. For the life of me, I couldn't wrap my head around why were her ideas being lapped up and mine were discounted. While we worked different projects, there is a standard that all projects should adhere to and so her decisions would eventually impact me. I scheduled a meeting to discuss her suggestions with her and she wasn't hearing anything I had to say. It wasn't hostile, but it was definitely not friendly. She basically patted me on the head and told me that those don't apply to her. And I thought, what just happened? (laughs) So later that day, I was approached by my program manager. He wanted to know what I had discussed with her that I made her feel uncomfortable. I pointed out several company IT policies to demonstrate that there are certain process flows we had to include. And then in order to use company resources, we had to obtain permissions. We just couldn't go out there guns a blazing doing our own thing. This is the Wild West. There's rules to this game, right? He said that I was right and that her plan should take those dependencies and constraints into consideration. But here's what got me. It wasn't that she went back to him and made it seem like I targeted her or made her feel some kind of way. It was him. He heard my recommendations before, what changed? And the way he approached me, it felt like he thought I stereotypically rolled my neck and snapped my fingers at her, like the attribution bias of the angry black woman. Now, it was just the two of us in his office talking and I felt like he heard me for the first time, even though I'd been saying it for weeks. What changed was that it was just us talking. No one else. I see you two as the same, he said to me. I don't follow. I said, what do you mean you see us as the same? See, right there, as uncomfortable as I was asking that, I've learned that it's okay to hold people accountable to ask questions that would get them to further explain something, especially when it comes to you. I waited a moment. I replayed what he said in my head. You ever do that to just sort of make it part of you so you could process something that was said? A small puff of air escaped my mouth in disbelief. (laughs) See, my colleague was a tall, thin, blonde woman, and she was attractive. She was noticeable. And the men, who at the time occupied all the top leadership positions, noticed her. Now, I am not a tall, thin, blonde woman. I do not have anything against tall, thin, blonde women, but I do have something against biases that positions people who ascribe to Western beauty standards and benefit from them. Beauty bias is a social behavior where people believe that attractive people are more successful, competent, and qualified. Or even height bias. This may seem a bit far-fetched, but one study found that a person who is six feet tall earns roughly $5,500 more per year than someone who is five and a half feet tall, regardless of gender, age, or weight. Another study found that tall people are perceived as more competent, employable, and healthy, which may explain why 58% of male CEOs at major companies are over six feet tall. I, in comparison, am five foot and a half Black American woman. I am not thin, but I do fancy myself attractive. No, sir, we are not the same, I responded after he finished. His expression dropped. Now, I realized by saying this, I was making a choice, but I wanted to demonstrate to him that this was my profession, not just a job for me. And as I laid that out, I earned my education, my certifications. I held my breath. He rounded his shoulders and nodded. Yeah, you're right. He resigned. You're absolutely correct. Remember that RBG quote I said at the top of the show where she said that I think unconscious bias is one of the hardest things to get at? Well, here's the full quote. She goes on to say, quote, my favorite example is the symphony orchestra. When I was growing up, there were no women in orchestras. Auditioners thought they could tell the difference between a woman playing and a man. Some intelligent person devised a simple solution, drop a curtain between the auditioners and the people trying out. And lo and behold, women began to get jobs in symphony orchestras. I was asking my program manager to drop the curtain, to hear me, to remove his biases from his decisions. Do you have unconscious bias? Wanna find out? There is an assessment tool From Project Implicit, a study conducted by Harvard University, I'll provide the link in the show summary, but the implicit association test measures attitudes and beliefs that people may be willing or unable to report. The IAT may be especially interesting if it shows that you have an implicit attitude that you didn't know about. For example, you may believe that women and men should be equally associated with science. But your automatic associations could show that you, like many others, associate men with science more than you associate women with science. It's definitely worth checking out. There are multiple assessments available. If there's anything I've shared with you today that you like, please let me know. Depending on the platform that you're listening on, subscribe, rate, and leave a comment. That helps other people find me. Or you can always email me and let me know. I'm on social. You can find me on IG. I'm at inclusivelyherofficial, Official. And I'm on LinkedIn at inclusivelyher. So cheers to you. Cheers to us. Cheers to including ourselves. It is my hope to write and support stories to celebrate women, family, and my gullah culture. Thanks for listening. Until next time, be well.